You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Hi, welcome to The Crossroad Podcast. Last week, we talked about control and specifically about how humans are constantly trying to grapple to be in control of everything that they can be, how we idolize control in such a way that we are constantly trying to control others and our circumstances. Um, But we also talked about how there are actually only three things that we can control in this world. Uh, We can control our choices, we can control our perspective, and we can control who we trust. And that's it. And when we take ownership and recognize that those are the only three things that we can control and we actually focus on how we can control those things and let go of all of the other things that we can't control, um, we're actually able to live in freedom Um, from a lot of the things that we shackle ourselves to through trying to control others and our circumstances. In this episode, we're actually going to focus on truth and the idea that truth is valuable and that we as a culture don't actually value truth um, at all or definitely not as much as we should. So Joey is going to go into sharing a little bit about why truth is so valuable. And then we're going to go into a discussion about why we choose other things above and beyond truth. So this first season is about how to lead well. And we've talked about how the beginning of leading well is to lead yourself well, and then to consider what it looks like to steward your own influence. And we've been talking kind of around this idea of truth all along. And today we're going to just get directly into it. And the thing about truth is that um, it helps us to identify what's really going on, to accept reality, to acknowledge reality, to move towards a better reality together. And if we're avoiding truth, if we're doing anything other than that, then it causes us to splinter, it causes us to derail, it causes us to separate into our different corners and our different pursuits. Well, and it keeps us from accurately moving towards our there. So um, if we're not valuing truth and we are living in a false reality, then we don't actually know where we are and we don't have an accurate representation of how we're going to get where we want to go. Yeah, truth is a tethering force, or it should be, in our organizations, in our relationships. And what we do instead is we try to wiggle out of that tether and create our own. As Kylie was mentioning from our previous episodes, what we're trying to do is control things. Because truth is murky and difficult and hard to wrap our heads around, hard to accept in some ways. We often talk about at the crossroads that truth is an acquired taste. Uh, It's not something that we always love to hear. And so what we do is we say things like, um, this is my truth when we're talking about something that we've experienced or just an 
opinion that we have. Uh, and we try to what we're effectively trying to do is is take up the stake in the ground that is the truth and move it closer to us where we have more control over what's going on and the effects of it. And so when we do these kinds of things, as as Kylie just said, we are making it much more difficult to come to any sort of consensus about how to pursue a vision together, even any sort of consensus about our current reality, just where we are today. And so we we see this in, in our culture, in our society. We've become this fractured group of people who, who can't agree on anything. There's you know fake news. There's alternative facts. There's uh, all sorts of different perspectives and different agendas that are uh, fighting to promote the version of the truth that they that each of us most want to accept rather than trying to discover what the truth actually is together. And so it's absolutely essential and vital for an organization to be truth-based, to seek and share truth together. If you're in a relationship or in an organization that isn't centered on truth, you're heading for a dangerous place. You're heading for... um, additional conflict, you're heading for fracturedness, basically. And so truth is important. We need a sense of something outside of my individual self that tethers us. So this tool is about seeking and sharing truth. It's about trying to come to a greater understanding of what the truth is. Instead of using one another to validate my own version of what I want to be the truth, to utilizing one another to discover what the truth is together. So one of the reasons that we choose other things above truth is because the truth can make us feel really uncomfortable sometimes. Um, We don't want to accept what is reality because reality is not pleasurable for me. It's not comfortable for me. I don't like this situation. And so instead, we want to choose something else. We want to live in a false reality because false realities are more comfortable. Yeah, I I think that's right. I think that we choose things other than the truth because they're more comfortable. They're easier. And I think one of the things that's important for us to say here is that we have to decide what is going to be the central force of our relationships, of our organizations. Because ultimately, what we do is we decide that this relationship, this organization, this life of mine is going to be about my own comfort more than anything else. It's going to be about what's easiest for me, what feels softest and most gentle, uh, what I like the most. So we have decided rather sometimes explicitly, but most of the time implicitly, we've decided that comfort is my real agenda. And so we choose a path that leads to comfort over and against a path that leads to truth. When there's a fork in the road, we'll take the thing that feels less icky, that feels less difficult, the one that feels best, the one that's going to lead to a bigger sense of immediate gratification of validation of money the things that like make us feel a little bit better about our own existence 
rather than the one that the the path that leads to truth. And those don't, aren't always divergent paths, but sometimes they are. At some point, we have to choose which of those paths we're going to prioritize. And what we've done is is we're so good at self-delusion that we've tricked ourselves into thinking that they're one and the same. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes me happiest is the truth. Whatever makes me feel good is the best thing for me. And any parent watching, any parent raising a child recognizes the immaturity in that and the inaccuracy in that. So the bottom line is we choose to worship, if that's not too dramatic a term, other things than truth. We choose to make something other than truth central to our existence, both as individuals and as organizations. And when we do that, it sends us on uh, on a, a path that um, isn't the best for us and isn't the best for the organizations that we're in. The reason that this episode is titled Seeking and Sharing Truth is because we are so good at deceiving ourselves. We are so good as humans at lying to ourselves and believing that something is true, even if it's not. And we need others to come alongside us and help us. Uh, we need other people's perspectives because our perspective isn't the perspective. It's not always right and it's not always correct. It's valuable, but other people's perspectives are valuable too. And they see something that is different than I see. Joe and I, like I've said before, are wildly different people. And I value his perspective because it comes from outside of my own. It is seeing something from a different angle and it creates a clearer picture of whatever it is that we're trying to see. And so we need to come alongside each other and seek and share truth together because my perspective and your perspective are both valuable. And when we bring those two things together, it creates a clearer picture of what we're actually after. Um, So how does this tool that we have that is called the moment of truth work? Um, the way that it works is we start always with the facts. Um, what happens is we immediately, when we're confronted with something, try to get into the story, try to make excuses for why things are the way they are, instead of actually starting with the facts. What is actually true about this situation? If there's an expectation that I am supposed to be at work at eight o'clock every morning and I am consistently coming in at 8.15 and my boss comes up to me and he confronts me with this and says, hey, Kylie, uh, why were you late today? Uh, I can immediately go into the story about why I was late. Well, my alarm didn't go off or I was stuck in traffic and my car broke down and blah, blah, blah. Um, And I make excuses for myself. And so If my boss comes up to me, though, and he says, hey, Kylie, did we agree that you were supposed to come in to work every morning at eight o'clock? There are only two possible answers that I can give to this. Um, There is a yes, we did agree, which means we're starting with the facts. We're acknowledging that this is agreed upon. Or the answer is no. Actually, it was really unclear what time I'm supposed to come in. And so I come in at 8.15 every morning because there's no clarity about what the expectations actually are for me. And so this provides an opportunity for us to say, okay, this has clearly been agreed upon or not. If it has been clearly agreed upon, 
have you been coming in at eight o'clock in the morning every morning? No. Yeah. So facts are verifiable data, and we can't express strongly enough how important this is and how um, how it's much more difficult than it might sound because we are storytellers. You have this little voice in your head that as soon as something happens, you dive into a story. So if Kylie walks in and says, have you taken out the trash today? My brain immediately jumps to like, why is she, why is she so angry? Why is she picking on me? Why doesn't she value all the other things that I do? And so my brain jumps into this idea that Kylie's attacking me, that she's coming after me for reasons that I don't understand. And that makes me upset or triggers me to be upset. And so what I do is internalize like Kylie is attacking me as a fact when it maybe isn't. It's it's not necessarily the truth. And so what we have to do is start with the verifiable facts to back ourselves up from the story and say, okay, what are the things that we can all agree are reality, are things that can be measured? So did you agree to come in by eight o'clock in the morning? Yes, we can all agree that that is a fact. We talked about that. That's real. Is it a fact that you've been consistently coming in at 8.15? Uh, again, the tendency is going to be to jump into a story and say like, well, sometimes I come in at, you know, whatever, 8.04 or whatever it is. And and so um, we have to back up and just say, can we just say yes or no? Is Do you consistently come in at, you know, 8.15 or at a later time than, than what we agreed upon? Yes. Uh, because again, the agenda we have in the back of our heads is our own comfort, our own protection. And so if there's a fact that doesn't fit with that agenda, I'm going to try to spin it into something that is more comfortable for me. And so we've got to break ourselves of that habit by establishing the facts first and foremost. Well, we also have to create a culture in our organization that we value truth enough to not only be uncomfortable, but we value truth enough to know that if I am going against one of the expectations or agreed upon things, um, it's not that you're going to completely reject me. It's not saying anything about who I am as a person. It's about the behavior. And we want to be able to create structures within our organizations so that we're actually creating a culture where we're behaving in a way that helps us to get towards our there, our vision with the most accuracy. It's not about me as a person. It's not about my identity. I'm not being attacked. Um, we're just trying to verify some facts and figure things out so that we can understand what is actually going on uh, and move forward together with accuracy and with honesty. So after we have the facts established, the second step of the moment of truth is to listen to the story. Because here's the thing, this, the story is important. It's vitally important. But we just we derail everything from the beginning if we get it out of order. So the story should explain the facts. Uh, the story shouldn't eclipse the facts. And so the second step is to say, like, okay, why have you been coming in late? And, you know, maybe... Um, Kylie's, you know, a single mom and she's got to drop her kid off at school or, or maybe 
she has an alarm clock that's broken or that only works half the time or something like that. And so the story is important, but we have to have the fact that the facts established and on the table so that our stories aren't used as tools to wiggle away from them, but are used as a tool to help bring um, some color and some uh, clarity to why the facts exist as they do. After we listen to the story, we can actually make a plan. Uh, if I was a single mom and I had to drop my kid off at daycare and the only the earliest time that I was able to is 8 a.m., then I can actually work with my boss to make a different plan. Um, and so we can actually have a conversation that says, okay, well, if that's the case and you can't make it in by eight o'clock, that's great. Um, let's make your time that you come in 8.15 so that we can accommodate you because we care about you as a person who is a part of this organization. You're valuable to us. And we want to make sure that we are just all understanding what our current reality is so we can move forward together uh, and help to support you in whatever way we need to to make sure that you are getting your job done to the best of your ability. Um, and so we make a plan in order to help us. Um, and if the fact is that my alarm clock is actually not working very well, the batteries have died, then maybe the plan is that I need to go out and I need to spend $15 and I need to purchase a new alarm clock. Um, and maybe the part of the plan is that my my supervisor or my boss is actually going to uh, check in with me for the first week to make sure that I'm getting in on time. Um, and based on that, we create a feedback loop where we come back and say, is this working? Um, has this plan been effective? Uh, and if it has been effective, great. Um, let's continue on with this behavior. Uh, so that's the fourth step in the moment of truth is feedback. Because if we make a plan and then we never follow up on the plan that we've made, we're not ensuring, we're not measuring small and measuring often to make sure that um, the plan is driving the desired behavior. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're following up, that we're measuring small and measuring often so that we can be continuously moving towards our there with accuracy. So let's be honest about this. This is difficult. Um, this is not something that is well-practiced in our culture, in our organizations, in our relationships, in our society. So it's going to take some effort. We often talk about perspective as the lens through which you view truth. And so I'm looking at truth through a certain set of goggles, a certain set of glasses, if that's better. And Kylie's looking through truth through another set. And so this four-step process is about how can we come together and discover what the and discover more truth together because the reality is we're not often looking at two different truths we're just looking at the same thing from two different sets of glasses and so that can be an advantage kylie can be seeing things that i'm not seeing she is seeing things that i'm not seeing and i'm seeing things that she's not seeing and so we need to come together to get a better sense of the truth and kylie mentioned this before but what we what we need is this to be habitual in our organizations so that people aren't afraid to step out. Because what we currently have is 
you know, we're sitting around a, a table in a conference room and we're talking about a story about how our customers are terrible and we can't figure out why they're gone or something like that. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, we haven't come through on a promise that we have advertised to them. So the reason our numbers are dropping maybe isn't because of the customers. Maybe it has something to do with what we're doing. But you're so afraid to say that out loud because you don't want to go against what the narrative of what's being presented. You don't want to take a risk. You don't want to put yourself out there. And a lot of times, especially when it comes to saying something like that uh, to a boss or, or something, we are rejected. We are like you know, cast aside or, or ridiculed um, for stepping into those spaces. But the opposite of that is that we continue to reinforce a false narrative. We continue to reinforce not just a false story or, or, or an untruth about that one specific thing, but an organization, a relationship that isn't truth-based and isn't seeking and sharing truth together. Yeah. What, what Joey essentially is saying is that most of our organizational cultures are don't make a mistake cultures. And so we are so scared of failing because if we fail, then that says something negative about us. It says something bad about us. It says that uh, we're not good enough to actually be part of an organize, this organization. And we're so scared of making a mistake because making a mistake means you're not enough. Um, when really what we need our organizations to be about is about creating something together. And in order to create something together, we're going to mess up a little bit. And we value one another enough to share truth with one another so that we can move forward together with accuracy. Um, sharing truth shouldn't be scary. It should actually be something that helps to create hope within an organization because we know that we're we're on the right track to something that is actually meaningful and full of purpose. And, you know, it strikes me that we tell ourselves one of two stories about ourselves. The first is we often say, they just don't get it. When we're talking about coworkers or politicians or, uh, you know, our neighbors or the people at our church uh, who disagree with us, we have this kind of just quiet arrogance where like they just they just don't they don't get it. They never will. And so what we're really saying there is I get it. I'm the only one that understands what's going on. At the same time, we also feel inadequate uh, when we're in that boardroom and we maybe have a different opinion or a different idea or a different thought, we feel like I must be wrong because everybody else here seems to be thinking a different way. And so who am I to speak up? I, I must just like have this wrong. So we carry this like strange balance of absurd arrogance and crippling insecurity around with us. And uh, everybody's doing that. And so again, if we are focused on our own comfort we're so preoccupied trying to navigate those two voices in our heads that we're missing the chance to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and to be a part of an organization that rather than focusing on mistakes is focused on what we are creating, what we might create together. And so we, each of us are trying to build this little house of cards of perfection that one gentle breeze just annihilates. 
And what seeking and sharing truth does is invite us to say, like, look, this isn't about our fragile egos. This is about something that we're creating together. And so if the house of cards comes tumbling down, that's okay. We'll start together and rebuild it. So this is um, truth is something that can unite us, that can bring us together. It can kind of, in a, in a certain way, depersonalize some of our arguments because we're arguing for the best manifestation of our vision. We're not arguing for my personal identity because my ideas are not who I am. My my ideas are the things that I can contribute towards our vision. And so to create a culture around that, we need to be committed to seeking and sharing truth, to hearing the perspective of others, and to entering into this four-step process when necessary to help come to a greater consensus of what the truth is and how we can utilize that reality to pursue our mission uh, more effectively. So there are four different reasons why we do or do not do something uh, within an organization. And it all has to do with our ability to do something or our desire to do something. And as always, you can go to the crossroad.net to see a mental model, an image that we have of these uh, four options that Kylie is about to talk about. So if you're a visual person, go to our website and you can see what this looks like. Yeah. So the reason we do or do not do something has to do with our motivations. And we call this tool or this mental model, the four squares. And on the Y axis is ability. And on the X axis is desire. Um, the first square that lines up is I can't do it and I won't do it. And so when we're sitting, we're having a conversation and my supervisor, my employer, even my husband asks me like, did you do this? Um, I can actually evaluate for myself uh, and for them and say like, no, I didn't do it. This is why. These are the motivations. Or And so I might not have the ability to actually do something. I might not have the skills. I might not have the training. And that is something that is incredibly easy to address because we can equip our people. We can teach our people. Um, we can communicate with our spouses the things that we need. Uh, if I ask Joey, hey, why didn't you cut that potato for me? And he's like, well, I've never been taught how to cut a potato. Uh, this is a real life story, by the way. Um, Roasted. <laughs> um, I've never been taught how to cut a potato. I can say, oh, okay, great. Well, there's a really simple solution to that. Let's go over here to the cutting board and I will show you, I will equip you with the skills that you need in order to be able to cut this potato. Um, so I can equip somebody to be able to do something if they haven't been able to do it before. So if we have uh, ability on one axis and desire on the other, then the four options are I can, but I won't, which is a, a lack of desire. So I have the tools, I, I have the ability, but I just don't want to do it. The second option is I can't, but I want to. So this is me with the potatoes. I, I have the desire, but I'm lacking the ability. And then the third quadrant is I can and I will, which is obviously where we want to be. Like I have the ability and the desire. And then the fourth quadrant is I can't and I won't. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm lacking motivation and ability. 
So the way we often talk about utilizing this tool is just kind of a self-awareness, like know which of these you're in. And if you're relating to somebody, a boss or a spouse, uh, it helps to address the plan moving forward. If we're on step three, make a plan, then it helps to say like, okay, we need to we need to address either your lack of ability, your lack of desire, or your lack of, of both uh, to help us proceed with a plan to do better. Uh, and if there is no desire to do something, then one of the questions that comes up is, if you don't have a desire to participate in the things that we're doing in order to further the mission of this organization, should you be a part of this organization? Um, is this the best place for you? Or would you be better suited somewhere else? Um, and so asking ourselves and asking each other this question actually helps us to create some self-awareness for ourselves of what are the things that I really want to do? What are the things that I value? Maybe those things don't align with the mission of this organization, and maybe I need to be somewhere else. So in our last couple of minutes here, I think it might be helpful to just sort of rapid fire between the two of us some applications of this. Um, we have these two separate but related tools that we've talked about, which is the four squares and uh, the moment of truth, the four steps to seeking and sharing truth. And so one of the ways that you can use this is when somebody goes outside of the boundaries of the Freedom V, right? We've created boundaries and you, uh, you, you know, whether it's a child or an employee, you've broken those boundaries. And so as a leader, um, this is one of the reasons why the Freedom V is so valuable. And Kate talked about this in the episode that we had her on is you can go to them for a moment of truth. And this is when we talked about Kylie being late for work earlier this is what we were saying. Was the boundary that you would be at work at eight o'clock? That's the that's the arms of the Freedom V. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, have you been meeting those? No. Okay. Well, then you're in the land of consequences. So we need to talk about what to do moving forward. What consequences or what solutions need to be enacted in order to um, to help us be a more truth centered entity. Sometimes this is actually an opportunity for us to clarify boundaries and expectations even more for people. So maybe we haven't been clear um, or as clear as we need to be in order for people to understand what we are actually expecting from them. And so when we have a moment of truth like this, we actually have an opportunity to clarify boundaries so that we're all moving forward together on the same page. And we know what is expected of us. We know what is expected of one another. Um, and we can proceed forward with, with a mutual understanding of where we are going and what we are doing. Another application is, uh, you know, kind of a parent to child. My, I was talking to my brother a couple of days ago, and his oldest son, uh, to his credit, came, came to them and said, like, hey, I was lying to you about something the last couple of days. And uh, it's a real opportunity for a parent to say, "Okay, what did you what did you lie about? What are the facts? Um, why you know what actually happened? What is the truth you know that you've been covering up with this other story? Get that on the table and say, like, okay, buddy, why did you lie to us? What what's the story behind this? What's going on? And then like work through um, a plan together and then uh, a feedback loop. So we can use this with a parent and a child." 
We can also use this spouse to spouse. Um, we can have conversations with our spouse and be sharing truth with our spouse uh, on a regular basis. Um, when we do something wrong or say I wake up in the morning and the expectation is that Joey does the dishes at night before he goes to bed. And I wake up in the morning and I realize that the dishes aren't done uh, and they're all over the kitchen counter still. Um, Joey actually... We've come to a point where I don't even have to confront him to ask him, like, why did this happen anymore? Because we've established a culture of truth-telling within our marriage so that confrontation isn't necessary all of the time. Instead, we can actually just share truth with one another freely on a regular basis. And so Joey will actually wake up in the morning and be like, hey, babe, I'm really sorry. I didn't get the dishes done last night, but I'll do them this morning. I know that you don't like that. Uh, I know you like to wake up to a clean kitchen. And so I will try better moving forward. And so not only can we have a moment of truth, uh, spouse to spouse, but also another opportunity or application for this is just within ourselves. We get to have moments of truth with ourselves where we actually evaluate, um, yeah, this isn't something that I should be doing. Hey, the bottom line is no matter how you you can use this, and there's there, we've listed some, there's, there's a variety of other ways for this, is avoid the temptation to use this as a weapon. We're not presenting this tool. Seeking and sharing truth isn't something that you should take and club uh, your spouse or your kid or your coworkers over the head with. Again, we're so good at, at uh, delusion, self-delusion. Uh, we're so good at telling ourselves a false story that we'll often say like, okay, everybody else needs to be doing this better. This is about the kind and honest pursuit of a vision together. It's about coming together under the same umbrella to pursue and chase after the same goals. And this is a tool that will help you do that. It will help tie the two of you together if you're in a relationship or the dozens of you together if you're in a workplace. Truth is something, again, that's meant to tether and it's meant to unite. And so the moment of truth and the four squares are tools that allow us the opportunity to press into truth more fully, more honestly, more accurately. And the real value of this tool is that it helps us to recognize that this isn't about me. Um, this is about us trying to do something together. And if I can let go of my ego, like Joe said before, um, and really embrace the fact that I'm pursuing something that is bigger than me and I need to have truth to do that, we depersonalize um, the rejection piece of this because it's suddenly not about me. Um, it's about something so much bigger. And if I can embrace that, then I can receive your truth with grace. And one of the reasons that we choose things other than the truth is because truth often leads to conflict. Sharing our different perspectives often leads to tension and it often leads uh, to this difficult reality that we sometimes disagree. We view the truth differently, and that can cause conflict. So in our next episode, we're going to talk all about conflict and how that can be utilized to actually further uh, a sense of unity and to further the pursuit of a mission rather than tear us apart. Thank you for listening to The Crossroad Podcast. 
The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.